There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt-Bernard, and Cassie Schrader. And we'll be right back, kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. It's time for Team KQ Walzer's third annual Tour to Cure ride. Join me. Doug Sprinthal, Michael Bryant, and a ragtag group of riders as we raise money to fight diabetes. This year, the ride is Saturday, June 1st, and starts at Boom Island. We take the 26-mile route. It's a ride, not a race, so people of all abilities are welcome. It's a worthy cause that raises millions to support research for a cure for this terrible disease. Go to diabetes.org slash kqwalzer or email doug at walzer.com for more information. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, the day after Memorial Day, a Tuesday. Had quite the day. Chris Parnell was on the morning show this morning. We had a bunch of really good guests on, and Scott Walter came on, of course. And Hopefully uh, everybody had a nice Memorial Day weekend. Sounds like it. I think they did. Good. I think they did. Good. But, um... Darkness Dave sent in a question for Scott, so that was good. Oh, did he? He did, yeah. 
He did indeed. A bunch of people uh, either called on the phone or sent in uh, to the talk and text line. Oh, nice. What's our number for the talk and text line on this show, Andy? Oh, is yeah. that ready to go? I suppose it is, yeah. Yeah, um, hold on. <laughs> I don't remember we, the yeah, new number. It's brand new, so oh, no I one knows the, the number. I put up the new banner, so it's 612-295-1526. 295 Two six. Oh, yeah. you uploaded the new thing to the show. Yes, I did. Say it again, and I'll raise it up here so we know. That's a good plan. Six one two. Six one two. Six one two. It's a fancy slide oh, one. Yeah. Oh my god, that's rather phallic. Two nine five. Two nine five. One five. Two six. Talk and text. You can text it or you can call it. Yes. But not right now because we have Kristen Bird on the phone. We do have Kristen Bird on the phone, she'll and she'll be, yell at me she'll if be we have calls. Texting call all kinds of nasty things. You got to see this marker. You got to see this marker that Catherine's using, Kristen. It's unbelievable. Honey, if you look like this, then you're sad. I didn't say I look like that, Kristen. <laughs> Can Kristen not hear us? Uh oh. Talking I'm here. Oh, oh, there she is. Is this this is the new line? Yeah. Look at us. Wake up, sister. No, you guys sounded like you're really far away. Like well, mom was. Is it better? I was. Is it better now? It's better. It's better. I can it always, good? I can it crank like up. Sounds like you guys were in a tunnel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like we're in a tunnel. Crank up the volume. How about now? Crank up the volume. Is that better? Yep. It's better. Yeah. Okay. So I can barely hear her, though. It's fine. Is the pro- What do you mean it's fine? Yes, I can... <laughs> I can barely hear her. But I'm talking pretty loudly. Oh, there there you go. That's good. That's good right there. So, Kristen, we saw a movie Kath and I did over the weekend, and, and I can't tell you why Catherine is so upset by this, Ugh. but you know the uh, Dave Desmalchin? You know who that is? Yeah. No. He's an actor. He wrote a movie called All Creatures Here Below, uh, and it's about people that are destitute, uh, that he gets fired from his job, or he didn't get fired. They close the restaurant at which he's working, so he loses his mm-hmm. job. Uh, the woman he's with doesn't have a job, so they're absolutely flat broke. They're destitute. And I can't tell you anything more about the movie because a couple of things happen you will not see coming. Three things, actually. Mm-hmm. It's just that, did you see it? No, I haven't. Was oh it man, good? it was. I loved it. Catherine was so creeped it's out. It's <laughs> very traumatizing. Kristen, it you is. would recognize David Dismal. Is it Dismalchin? Yeah, Dismalchin. Yeah. yeah, he played the Scarecrow in the the Dark Knight with Christian Bale. Oh, he did. The creepy. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. With the, oh. yeah, the Scarecrow yeah, yeah. guy. Yeah, that's who he is. Yeah, he's a hell of an actor, um, hell of a writer. Now, is this a fictional? movie or is this a documentary no it's a fictional movie uh and i god i hope it's fictional me too <laughs> Something happens i hope in there. nobody <laughs> lives these lives but ever honestly it's just oh it, it just and i told Catherine as we're watching i said honey i grew up with people like this I, I can't mean, believe oh. it. I mean, first of all, you're like so mad at this young girl because she's just so flippant Stupid. She's incredibly stupid. And then you feel bad that you didn't like her because she was so stupid because then... of what her life was like. <laughs> You're like, oh, my God, this poor thing. Yes, but then what she does, you don't like her anymore. Well, she's just too stupid to live is the problem. She There's really a lot of people like that. Yeah. There are a lot of people like that, unfortunately. But yeah. There are. 
was sad. We watched it on Voodoo, didn't we? I think it was on Voodoo. I think Voodoo it was on we Voodoo. It. it was very well acted and really and well written. Yeah, it was just it was it was a good movie, but it was just be ready to be traumatized. Very dark. <laughs> exactly. Yes, very very dark. Oh my dark. god! And he looks like he's going to go psychotic at any moment. He does look scary in the he's movie. Got a very scary appearance in the movie. Really. I, I, I'm surprised it doesn't have a wider release because there's no, there are no movies like that anymore. Everything's about superheroes and all that I stuff know. now. Uh, could we get some real? Who life? went to see Booksmart this weekend? Oh, I that was and the, it's so good and it's the opposite of every big blockbuster movie that we have for every single weekend now through yeah. August. Yeah, see, that's the kind of thing I liked. I'm, I just even when I was a little kid, I didn't care for superhero stuff. I just thought, yeah, whatever. Who's afraid of you? Not your bag. You know that's the whole deal. So yeah, it's I, I love those uh, movies like that, and just uh, it was a good week, good weekend. Except I got to tell you, Kristen, little Fawny, it was mm-hmm. her third birthday on <laughs> yep. Sunday. Aww. All right, third yep. birthday. So Big they, day. They come over yesterday, and she calls me Bop Bop because she was trying to say Papa, and she was too young, so she called she she called me Bop Bop, and so I'm Bop Bop from now on. <laughs> yep. She's sitting on my lap watching Trolls, the movie, uh, and then she turns mm-hmm. to everybody there, and she goes, this is Bop Bop. That's my snack. <laughs> That's my snacky. That's my Don't mess snacky. with the toddler's food. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. She tries to, That's my snacky. Yeah, she's already writing bits. <laughs> she's writing bits already. Yeah, they were all doing yoga before bed, bedtime, you know, poses. And she runs into the bathroom and takes out her, she's got this little tiny potty. Mm. And she still likes you. She brings it into the living room and says, I'm going to do potty pose and sits on it. <laughs> potty pose. Potty pose. She's already a budding comedian. Yeah, she's a budding comedian. There it is right there. But God, you know, we were just talking about, we, they had a celebration of her birthday the day before on Saturday. And there were what, like 10, 12 little kids there? Yeah, there were a lot of kids. The great thing about that, Kristen, is that uh, well, and Cassie and Aunt, well, Andy, Andy was there. But these kids from three to ten years old, probably, that's about right, isn't it? Yeah, mostly yeah. under five. Mostly yeah. under five. Mm-hmm. They're so incredibly happy because mm-hmm. society hasn't ruined them yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, they're trying to with A's for activism. Oh, are they ever? Don't be a oh, child. Honest to God, they were so happy and just overjoyed. Any little thing you would do, they were just overjoyed and they're so happy. It, it's like, I went, oh, my God, it was great to be around. And their parents were very nice people. Nobody was complaining about anything. It just was really, really something else to see. Yes. No doubt about it. I'm going to ask you just one political question, Kristen. Uh-oh. You, no, it's here not we big, go. No, no, no. <laughs> not here we go. Settle down, you big baby. She knows you. But Amy Klobuchar, senator from uh, Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the McCain family was not happy with her Running after she for did that. President. Yeah. I, I you know what I'm going to say? I think that that was a private conversation because yeah. you know when you are snarky with a colleague um, and it's funny um, and it could be kind of timely and it makes it for a good story, but it's really not the story you should be telling on a national platform when you're running for president. Right. I kind of get it. 
do you know what I mean? Because it, it just doesn't, I mean, he has passed away. He has nothing else to say about this. He can't be like, well, you know, I didn't think that Trump was the right person to be elected. You know what I mean? There's, there's no, he can't defend himself. And right, it's a story right. that maybe she should have told at a cocktail party with her friends, but not to everyone. You know, it's so funny because our the producer of my morning show reached out to Amy Klobuchar's campaign because she's friends with a friend of ours, right? I don't know her and never mm-hmm. met her. Her father hated my guts, but he's not around anymore. But he was a sports writer for many, many years, and he, he liked to booze it up quite a bit, and she just addressed that, as a matter of fact, what it was like to grow up in the house with a booze hound father and all that. So it's not like she's hiding it, but... We sent out a request, and her people called back and asked the producer, is this going to be a set-up set job? Is this going to be you know, one of those, like an ambush interview? I'm like, have you ever heard me ambush anybody on the air? Seriously. Oh, my God. Only me. Yes, I ambush Catherine on the air all the time. That's right. <laughs> no, I just don't do but that. But, I mean, but she should also know, too, like, whatever she's saying is fair game. If you're saying it in a speech... You have to own that you said those words, right? And have a statement about it, and and have a be able to have a normal conversation about it. And if you, in hindsight, if she's like, mm, it wasn't the best story to say, and I apologize to the McCain family, yeah, yeah. or if she's like, you know what, I stand by my story. I thought it was funny, or I thought it was, you know, relevant to my campaign. Own that too, and I think that's the problem. Yeah, where I get have problems with politicians because they just don't own anything. No, I think that's a very good point. And they do have to step up. You have to own your words. That's why I don't ambush people on my show, because I have no no need for it. Uh, if I don't like you, you're not getting on the show anyway. Right. What good does it do you in the end, especially in the state of social media? Um, what good does it do you to ambush someone? What, for ratings? What, for a soundbite? Yeah, for yeah exactly. Get, I, other than that, it just makes you look like a big jerk. <laughs> That's um, how I, I think agree. when I'm interviewing people. You are absolutely right. Oh, this is nice. From Joe in Louisville, you only ambush us idiots that are expecting it. <laughs> That's really nice. <laughs> well, thank you, Joe. I have to ask you a question about, now, I don't know, do you know Iggy Azalea? You ever talk to her? Yeah, I do know who she is. I don't talk to her because I don't cover music, but... She's always in the news every, like, three or four months with some sort of controversy. She's a low-class person, we'll say. She really seems like it, doesn't she? But is she always that depressed? She's always got that sad look on her face, and she'd be a very pretty woman if she ever smiled. But does she ever smile? Women love to be told to smile, so you yeah. can do that on a daily basis. You'd be pretty <laughs> if you'd only smile. If you'd only smile. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's we, we a very love pretty that. woman. No, oh, she's a very pretty woman, but uh, she's upset. Iggy Azalea exits social media after topless photo leak. Um, I don't know if she knows this or not, because I, I read the story on the morning show. I got about 7,000 emails uh, and texts with her in the pictures. There must have been a 1,000 pictures of her naked, and, and a lot of them she's smoking the peace pipe, if you know what I'm saying. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, and they were these were from a GQ magazine shoot, but right. I think they were more of behind the scenes. I, I can understand that she feels violated if it was the behind the scenes stuff uh, versus, but anything that she shot that was in the magazine, again, we've already seen. So it's it's a weird 
fine line. And I always wonder, sometimes these young women, especially in the music industry, um, are encouraged to project an image at like 20, 21. And I always wonder, like at 25, 28, 30, if they would have done the same shoot, if they could do it over again. Right. No, would I think, you do the top of the shoot? Probably yeah. not. It's, it's such a weird thing for young women, too. But what she has to understand as a talented, uh, very pretty woman who's worth a lot of money, what you just brought on yourself, you are not going to like because they're already, there's a picture of a woman who's supposed to be her. I don't know if it is the woman because you can't see her face, but uh, she's standing on a boat kissing a guy and there are two other guys behind her just kind of looking, watching. And the slug line on social media was, uh, Ig- Iggy Azalea gets her ugly ass raped by three men. Oh, I mean, nasty. disgusting. It's but see, this is what happens with social media. She's very smart to get the hell off social media because it has become so vicious and horrible now. I it's mean, you toxic. can't. It really is toxic. There's no doubt about it. You can't even win on Jeopardy or now you're the worst human being ever born and I hate your guts because you're successful. I lost on Jeopardy. <laughs> what are you doing? But yeah, it was it, it's gotten really nasty already today. I've noticed if if I were she, I would just ignore it and keep moving. Because if you uh, keep compla- complaining about it, it's only going to get a lot worse. I'm just telling you, that's how yeah. people are now. It's going to get much, much worse. So I wouldn't do that, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. I think a lot of people are going to wind up uh, eliminating some of their social media accounts, especially as you start seeing more and more. And, and this just happened, what, last week with Donald Trump uh, altering or someone on his team altering a video of Nancy Pelosi. And then, you know, the social media sites are willing to leave that up. And again, it's that weird spread of misinformation. Um, but that can be done to a regular person, too. If someone wants to oh, yeah. gain revenge over someone, um, you can take it to a whole new level with all of these technology, with all of this technology allowing you to alter photos, alter video. Um, it's scary, actually. It is. Well, I have a question for you about that. Um, everybody knows that's fake. There's no way that that was that 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 was real, and Jimmy Kimmel does it to Donald Trump and has been doing it to him for a year. How do they not know that? You know, it's a it joke. It's weird when you read when you read the comments. Though it's amazing that some people are like, "Oh, why is she in office? Oh, this is the best the Dems can offer up," See? and you're like. This is so weird. Like, how do you not know? Like, you I can know. sit there and go, I can't stand Nancy Pelosi. This is a ha-ha funny joke. Right. Great job, Donald. Like, there's ways to do it. But there are people yeah. that legitimately believe it. And that's when I think, are we really all that? Have we just fallen that far down the rabbit hole in society? Yes. I worry about that. They made the exact same video of about George Bush yeah. when he was running for president. They it's, did, yeah. All they did was slow the video down. That's it's not like do. this was some high-tech thing. Yep. Indeed. we got to take a break. Be right back, and I'll tell you one other thing about that that is rather interesting. Kristen Burt with us right back. More with the family. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. 
SuperID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Oh, the police. The police are here. In any case, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Kristen Burt in Los Angeles. Uh, one tip off for you, Kristen, if anybody ever does that to you, because I know you get hammered all the time. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But if there, if you ever see a, a video of you when you are drunk and slurring your words, the same is true. If you speed it up, you don't sound drunk at all. Really? People mm, don't know that. Yeah. No. If you slow it down. Yeah. If you speed it up, you don't sound if drunk I'm at all. slurring and drunk, I'm home alone with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good call. That's a good play. Yeah, on I don't part. do it in public. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's Just a really don't do good it in public. idea. No doubt about that. Um, it's one of those news days out of Hollywood that's really depressing as hell because there's another story right below the Iggy Azalea story. Ellen DeGeneres details sexual abuse at hands of stepfather. Yeah. Oh, my God. What's that all about? Um, she said she alleged, and actually, if this is going to be in the, her David Letterman interview on Netflix. Oh, way, okay. Um, she said she's going into detail about it because she hopes that other young women recognize this as sexual assault or sexual abuse. And that they won't be scared to come forward. Because usually people say, I was sexually assaulted. And they don't go into detail because it does trigger a lot of people. But really, she just said that her mother was away and her stepfather said that he needed to touch her breasts to examine them to see if uh, she had a lump just like her mother did. Oh. And she was 15 or 16 at the time. And was she knew a, it was wrong, but she felt like she had no power that he had kind of taken that away. Was so, he a doctor? Speaking out about it. No. Well, what was he looking for? A lump. A, a lump, lump in her breast. Like her mother had. So he took advantage of her emotions and oh her age. Oh, my God. What a jerk. Yeah, yeah I, I've i never understood that whole deal. I just don't understand why. I the, guys, the guys that do that, are they just these weasels that have no power themselves over, like, another man or something, so they have to pick on a little kid? To feel powerful. Is that what that's all about? 
Or is he just a sexual pervert? probably. It's probably a bunch of things. I mean, it is a power issue, but I think also there's probably a cycle of abuse because I don't think yeah. people just are born as sexual abusers. I, maybe if there, there's something really, really off about someone, their chemistry is not right. But I think in most families, it's a cyclical issue. You know, I when I when I was growing up, when I was 15 years old, I do remember that uh, we heard all these police sirens and all that. And the next day, I said, well, "What was that all about with all those police sirens?" And one of the one of the guys said a, a, that the girl who lives down the block was raped last night. Oh. And I said, "What's that?" I had no idea what it even was, and I grew up in the middle of the ghetto. Well, I had no idea what rape was. Well, when and I was they 15. sent sirens to her. Well, apparently there were like five guys. Oh, God. It was like five oh, guys no. did it. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't, I, and I had no idea. It's like, what are you talking about? Because that's the kind of thing, you would never he- hear the word rape on television back in those days. Not, no. Not in the mid-60s. No. Um, so I didn't even know what the hell they were talking about. I was like, what do you mean? And then they told me, I was like, oh, my God. It's just that whole idea is so foreign to most people, I think. They just don't understand how that could possibly even happen. I don't understand how that could possibly happen. How you have that, I don't know. You have no control over yourself around a, a helpless woman with four other guys or a teenage girl like Ellen DeGeneres. I, it, I don't know where your brain has to be to do something like that. I don't get it. Do you? No, and I, I wonder, though, um, a mob mentality when it comes to, yeah. you know, say, four or five guys up against a, a woman. And I, I you, you do hear those situations where there's, like, a mob mentality. Everyone gets caught up in the frenzy of it, which I think is insane to think about. Um, but it is, it's been known to happen. Yeah. parties where things get out of control and all of a sudden, you know, all these, like, horrible sex crimes occur in a situation that you would think would never, ever happen. Right. Right. I mean, I grew up, like I said, in a, in the inner city in a pretty rough neighborhood, but I went to Catholic school, so there was certainly no talk about the word rape in school, and you didn't see it on television or hear it on the radio or anything like that. So I don't know. I You know, it just, I, I, I remember, because that's the first time I'd ever heard anything like that. You know, it just doesn't, and it, to this day, it doesn't make any sense to me, but what are you going to well, do? Well, I mean, you know, the other thing is, is that we've got this, you know, uh, porno culture now yeah we do and porno creep is a real thing people need more mm-hmm. and more and more obnoxious porn to you yeah. know that's what i hear yeah. satiate themselves so you know who knows so it takes after a while it just doesn't it takes a lot more to get them stimulated is that what yeah. you're talking about mm-hmm. really that's what the studies say you just get so used to seeing the naked person that yeah. Doesn't excite you anymore? I, I mean, there's people that are watching porn four or five hours a day. That's all they do. Watch porn for so five hours a imagine. day. can't even imagine. Okay. <laughs> hey, whatever. That's our society. That is our society. <laughs> and can you imagine what it's like in around the rest of the world? Yeah. Oh, God. Unbelievable. Ooh, here, I'm going to stir, stir the pot now because, Andy, you and I are the only two guys on the show today. We got Kristen, we got Cassie, we got Catherine, we have the KCK. It's a good thing you don't spell Cassie with a K. Otherwise, it would be KKK. <laughs> no, I can't that would it. not be good. No. 
You know what I mean? It all, it all works out in the end. The headline says female CEOs are paid well, but there is a catch. Um, they run just 19 of the 340 companies analyzed for the AP. Uh, the few women who are CEOs of the largest U.S. companies typically make more money than their male counterparts, but aren't that uh, close to the top of the leaderboard for pay packages. The median pay package for female CEOs uh, in 2018 was uh, $12.7 million a year compared to 11.2 for men, according to data analyzed by Equilar for the AP. That reflects a raise of $680,000 for the same group of female CEOs from a year before versus a raise of 540000 for men. Well, why was... For females, it was 12.7, and men, it was 11.2. So how, what's the point they're making here? It's never enough. That there aren't that many female female, uh, female CEOs, so I they guess, have to pay yeah. them well to keep them at their company? Yeah, so, maybe. I don't know. There's not a single woman on the overall list of the top 20 most highly paid CEOs, the top earner there, Discovery CEO David Zasloff, earned a pay package worth... Seventy-two million a year Jeez. to run Discovery. Oh, wow. I'd take it. Seventy-two million a year to run that. I could run that from my basement for God's sake. Where's my dough? <laughs> I'm Come sure there's more to it than I just do it in the basement. Yeah, you put once you put that thing on there and Discovery. Once you get show them climbing up Mount Everest again. Show that one. Put that on from seven to ten tonight. There you go. Yeah, I, that, I will tell you this. That is the one thing I would have to agree with a lot of politicians on. These people are making far too much money now to do very little. Because all they do is pawn off you know, decision-making and responsibility to everybody else that works for them. So for that, and you And they pay might for very large bonuses, too, at the end of the year. Oh, yes. God. Honestly, God. I think I got like a hostess Twinkie for my bonus this year. It was unbelievable. Just amazing. And it was a stale one at that. Was it delicious yeah. and was it fried? <laughs> no, I think Catherine's right. It was stale, so, you know, they didn't want it anyway. So that's just the way that goes. Um, what is the word in Hollywood about this James Holzhauer? Is, is anybody talking about that out there? About the what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. James Holzhauer, the guy that's kicking ass on Jeopardy. He's, he's won 28 straight oh, games. yeah. You know, there's not much buzz about it. And, you know, I did see Alex Trebek at the daytime Emmys. And oh. James was already on the show at that time and already leading the way. And everyone was, everyone cared about Alex because of his health and yeah, everything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like the story is more about Alex than James. Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that does make That's a hell of a wig. Catherine and I were watching it last night. It's like, that's a great wig he's wearing. You cannot tell that's a wig you know, at all. No. You can in person. You can in person. Oh, you can. Um, okay. All right. It, it, yeah. But on camera, I think it does look great, honestly. And it I think does. that's probably what matters the most to him, probably in this moment, that yeah. it's just, he looks like himself when he's on TV. And nobody, I mean, nobody was making a comment about it. Nobody cared because everyone, everyone was just happy to see him. He was, he had a lot of energy. He looked good. Uh, good. He sounded good. So I think that was what everyone was worried about. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I've always liked Alex Trebek. He's a very smart guy. Uh, everybody, I've never talked to him, but because uh, he, he announced he had pancreatic cancer, what this early spring or was it this it was winter? Like probably yeah, three, four months, months ago. It was in March, and so he yeah, probably yeah. and he had had it for probably what six months before probably, he yeah. told everybody. So he's going on a year. So that's good that he's made it a year. Yeah, I think so. I think mm -hmm. it's really good. 
All right, Kristen, you have to answer for the number one movie in the land, okay? Prince Ali. You're going to make me sing. Well, here's what I don't understand. It says Aladdin casts a spell over raunchy new comedy. So the new Aladdin is raunchy? No. That's, I saw no. it. I think what they're saying is that it beat out a raunchy new comedy. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, there's nothing well, really what? raunchy about it. I was like, no. Well, don't good. just read the headline. It's wholesome family fun. Well, that's a really odd. Why didn't you say cast a spell over the, and then name the number two movie? Because then you don't click it. Oh, I suppose that's it. So they just sucked me in. Click that's bait, what we're done. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It is click clickbait. So Aladdin was number one. Number two was well, Booksmart was Booksmart number two. No, it was not. No, it was it like fell, five. I think it was like number eight or nine. Oh, was yeah, it really eight or nine? It was down there. I don't know. We'll have to look. It really was. Um, it fell exactly where studio thought it was going to follow. But okay. I think a lot of people love the movie so much and thought it was going to be number two right behind Aladdin. But it's such a small indie film. There's no way it was going to be number two at the box office. Yeah, that's true. That's a very good point. So is Aladdin good? Do you like Aladdin? I thought it was fun. I don't think it's amazing filmmaking. I think there's some problems with Guy Ritchie's direction of the film, but mm-hmm. I think it's colorful. I think the kids will like it. And I also like that it has the, the nostalgia factor for anyone who grew up with the animated film. Yeah. yeah. This is a fun way to sort of recapture that. I I had a problem, though, and I mentioned this to Tim Lammers, our movie guy. The guy who played Jafar was not vindictive mm-hmm. or evil at all. He was like, oh, I really? want you to make me the most powerful sorcerer in the world. Now, how is that scary? Say, if you could make me powerful, that I would t- be great. I told Lammers they should have got Sasha Baron Cohen to play oh. Jafar. He would have been yeah. perfect. Yeah, you know what? That's a good call. You should be a casting director. He would have been That's perfect for Jafar. The guy who played Jafar, he was like a pretty boy. Oh. Yeah. No, that doesn't make no, sense. No, it didn't. It, oh. Um, but other than that, I really liked the movie. There was a couple original songs that were okay, but they didn't seem like they fit the movie. But then they did the original songs from the um, animated version, and the production of that was done really well. So, oh, did they bring in um, when they made the original movie? They had to cut uh, the songwriters. I think it was the last song he ever wrote because uh, he had uh, he was sick and he died like right after oh, that. Oh, really? Uh, oh. Proud of your boy. Mm, uh, I don't think so. That would have been a fun nod. No. Oh, no. well. Would have been a good uh, opportunity, but... Original, yeah, they they purposely write original songs so that they can throw their name into the hat for... Oh, yeah, I guess. That's true. Uh-huh. Yeah, giving giving uh, his song screen time wouldn't benefit them any, so why well, do it, right? I'm going to go see it this week. Yeah, well, it's like, making pretty good money, so... Did, yeah, making big Yeah, money. originally we saw there was a thing on the news saying it was $86 million. I'm like, that's not much for a Disney mm-hmm. over the Memorial Day, but I guess it was $112 well, million. Yeah. everybody was... I mean, the big uh, hoopla about the movie was having Will Smith be the genie. Yeah. Now, he wasn't bad as the genie. Um, it kind of threw me off when he was blue, because it was CGI. It does look well, pretty. Well, it was not CGI'd, great. and like even when he moved his mouth, it looked really weird. Oh, I almost, really? I almost would have rather have him be because there were spots in the movie where he'd be normal because he was Prince Ali's right. assistant. Okay. I would almost would have rather have him be just look normal throughout the whole movie and be the genie, versus switching from blue to normal to blue. And I don't know, that kind of threw me off. But Jafar for me was the. 
oh, part mm. of the movie. And you'll understand when you see it. You're going to be like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, this is pretty interesting. Mackenzie Bezos just opened up her wallet big time, and she's sharing her reason why. I have a, a disproportionate amount of money to share. Mm. The ex-wife of Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos noted in her letter signing on the uh, giving pledge, a commitment by some of the world's richest people to give away at least half of their wealth, either while they're alive or after they've died. Mackenzie Bezos' addition to this elite group was announced Tuesday, as were those of 18 other individuals and couples, including WhatsApp co-founder Brian Acton and his wife, Tegan. Her name is Tegan Acton? I guess. That sounds like Tegan a foot there. powder. It does. I put jock Tegan itch. Acton on my foot. Jock yeah, jock itch. <laughs> I put some Tegan Acton on my crotch, and it it's does. been wonderful ever since. <laughs> Uh, in any case, so Bezos will be donating $17 billion of her fortune to Giving Pledge. Where does that money go? I don't know. What does Giving Pledge do with the money? Do you, do you know, Kristen, what they do with the money? I don't know what they do with the money, but because it's um, Bill and Melinda Gates, I'm assuming that they have vetted where the money's going into yeah. a good cause. Let's hope. They yeah. do a lot of uh, a lot of charity, so they do. Got they've yeah. been they've been giving money quietly, a lot of money for many years. Who is? They've probably given the away more oh, money the Gates, yeah. by themselves. Oh yeah, they than the 99 percent have for yes. the past like 400 yeah. years. So they've started charter schools, and they don't ask for the publicity. No, that's the other thing. Well, she do does it. apparently. Yeah. Of course. As we go into the break here, let me just read this is what Mackenzie Bezos said. My approach to philanthropy will continue to be thoughtful. Oh my god. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> tell, tell me, me how, 17 billion. Tell me more how great you are. Exactly. Uh, we will be right back with Kristen Burt right up to this family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. We're rocking out, man. This is the Will Smith version. 
Oh my God! He can't sing at all. No, not great. But it was it was fun. It that that his own little twist on that was it was good. It wasn't horrible. So it was okay. Yeah, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I just don't have any desire. <laughs> I have no desire to see that at all. So you know, what are you going to do? I'm going to go see Godzilla tonight. Gojira. Of course you yes. Gojira. I'm going to see Ma tonight. Are you? You're going to see what? Ma. What's Ma? It's a horror movie. You would probably what? like it. It's a Ma? Yes. It's about Haunted Wait. Mom? Or is it M-A-W? No, it's M-A, and it's got... Um, M-A. Uh, Octavia Spencer. Um, yes, she plays a psychotic neighborhood, like a oh, like I've a seen the trailer for big that. mama of the yeah, neighborhood yeah. type of thing. Oh. All the kids want to go over yeah. there, and yep. she's psychotic. And I've seen the trailer for that. It looks pretty good, as a matter of fact, isn't it? I I heard that it was inspired by by my children. Is that right? <laughs> she's not that? even paying attention down there. What? <laughs> That's really nice, Kristen. My as, as soon as I a... heard you were talking about a horror movie, I just tuned out. So, so you're gonna go see Ma tonight? Yeah. Are you looking for? Do you like horror films? I, I do when they're done well, and yeah. I love Octavia Spencer. Mm-hmm. I think Kate Taylor. Obviously, she has a long history with him because they did the Help together. So I think that it's a good pairing. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely have to go see this. So when does it actually open? Friday. Oh, it does open this Friday. Yeah. So maybe it'll give me something to do. Although this Friday, this weekend's really, really busy. So I don't know. I'm going to have a chance it's to do that. It's 99 minutes. Oh, it's see, that, that I love. His, his eyes lit up when I you know. said that, Kristen. I don't have to sit there for three and a half Nine, hours. I know. <laughs> I know what Tom likes. 99 minutes. Oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> in and out of a movie theater. Actually, that's a little long to tell you the oh, truth. <laughs> you know, 89 is the usual uh, horror movie. It is, like 89 minutes. minutes yeah. Than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's really funny about that. Catherine and I watched Sons of the Desert with Laurel and Hardy from 19, was it 37 or 40 or something? It's old it's very old <laughs> we watched the movie the movie was 55 minutes long mm-hmm. all right 55 minutes and it was a full-length <laughs> feature when it came out so you go from 55 minutes back you know 70 years ago to what is it 10 hours now my favorite story of all time by the way Kristen, is when marlon brando pissed off the director of uh oh god which one was it um, on the waterfront. It wasn't on the waterfront. It was a cowboy one. Cowboy. Oh, oh. Uh, one eye jacks. It was uh. one eye. Was that? Yeah. Was one eye jacks the one where he, he and Carl Malden get in a little battle? Uh, because that movie's like two hours and thirty-five minutes long. But when the director quit because he couldn't work with Marlon Brando, <laughs> Marlon Brando directed the movie. Oh. When he turned mm-hmm. it into the production company to turn it over to the movie. Uh, movie company it was 12 hours long <laughs> a little self-indulgent oh. there just a little self-indulgent a 12-hour movie i couldn't stop looking at myself at one point in the movie these uh these guys catch marlon brando and so he can't because he's a gunfighter and they tie his hand to an old hitching post and break his hand ah. right so he can't pull his gun anymore i guess in the original movie there's a half an hour scene where he's sitting on the beach staring at his hand <laughs> for 
for a half an hour. Can you even imagine that's seeing that? Compelling. Yeah, that's Kelly compelling Jones. you to leave the theater. That reminds that's me compelling of the, hot, the Harry Potter one. Which one was it where they're sitting on the hill looking out, waiting for something for like 20 <laughs> minutes? It's like, edit this, edit. I, I was like, oh, that's the worst Harry Potter. <laughs> so what were they looking for? I don't even remember. I just remember thinking that this is just so boring. Can we go now? Ooh, I brought up, <laughs> I brought up James Holzhauer earlier. Now they're claiming to know how he's winning so much. Uh-oh. A key stat shows why Holzhauer is winning so much. If they come across with, he, go, he goes from the bottom to the top, yeah, well, that's how well, you get all the money. So, something like that. so nobody else can get at the big money. Right. You take it all. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he has to still have the right answers. Well, no, I understand that. Yeah. Let's see what they say. He's not slowing down. James Holzhauer nabbed $130,222. Just shy of his one-day record at 131-127. In his 28th consecutive Jeopardy win on Monday, bringing his total earnings to two point, well, let's just, we'll round it up by $4,000 to $2.2 million. That Mm. means he's within $325 of Ken Jennings' legendary, oh, I thought that was 2.7, but it's 2.52 million. So he's within 325 or about three days uh, worth of big winnings or five days of... Average winnings. Uh, following a 74-game run in 2004, Holzhauer is a professional gambler, averaging more than $77,000 per episode. How, does it ever say, or did you ever see anything about how much he actually made as a professional gambler? I've never seen anything like that. I have no idea. But he must be really good at it because he's a professional gambler, and that's what he does for a living. Yeah, but you could just be an heir to a fortune yeah. and just say I'm a professional well, gambler for true. something. That's something true. to put on your resume. Or uh, your that's what page. it is. That's what it is. Uh, Holzhauer is just a second contestant after Jennings to pass the $2 million mark, but Jennings isn't worried about having his record smashed. In fact, he anticipates it. A bold uh, better, Holzhauer, is maximizing money and can make two or three times what any other player ever has with that same level of play, Jennings told Wired early this month. I've always wanted to see somebody play that way. So, yes, the, his key, which is not exactly a secret, you start at the one thousand and the two thousand dollar mark and take all well, the money from the bottom but, to the top. Yeah, but what he's doing is he's also throwing off the other contestants because you know how they have those weird categories where you're not exactly sure what they're talking about, and the the small money wins are the ones that kind of get them accustomed to the right, category. Right, he's I, going yep. right to the top one, so he's already got it by the time anybody else has figured out the category. I know. he's That's what's amazing about him. He's just so sharp. He's a lot of fun to watch, and people just hate his guts on social media now. Do you know that, Kristen? Yeah, and I always think it's so weird. I'm like, there's no reason to hate him. He's playing a game show. Right. That's all right. he's doing. Yeah, people love to hate. For your entertainment, and now they're just hate-watching it. Yeah, I don't know. Why do people, do you think, and I, everybody, you know, all the three of you in here and Kristen, on the phone, why do people hate successful people so much? You used to admire them when I was a kid. Well, look at pretty much any lower creature, whether it be a dog or a cat or a baby. They want what they don't have, even if they don't actually want it. But If someone else has it, they want it for no reason other than because someone else has it. It's petty jealousy. It's the nature of... Life, basically. I just don't understand how he's a bad guy. Because people are saying, I hate his guts. He's a horrible human being. How? People try to rationalize their irrational hatred. I guess. I don't know. It just... 
the whole situation just makes me sad because I love watching the guy. He just gets out there and he crushes it. One day last week, he almost lost. Yeah. He came close to losing, but then he didn't in the end. I don't know. I just, I, I, I am happy. Well, we had a situation here. When you lived here, you remember St. Thomas University, Kristen? Uh, yes, I do remember that, yes. Okay, well, they just got kicked out of the uh, the MIAC, their their division. They got kicked out of it because they were too successful. Mm-hmm. So, what? Yes, they, they were too successful. <laughs> and they the found team. it. Maybe the other division. teams should just yeah, be better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wouldn't they make you better by let's get out there and try to compete with St. Thomas? Well, but because they're successful, people hate them. And it's a college football well, it team. It might be part of the problem is that they've gotten so many grants and endow- endowments and have grown so much as a school. It might mm-hmm. just be the number of students and eligible players have, has just gotten so much bigger than uh, yeah. other small colleges. So it's really not fair. I don't know. Then they need to go to a different division or something. Exactly. That's a big deal. It is a big deal, but I think that they should maybe have a different division because they've just gotten so many more students. It's it's gotten to be a pretty big school now. Oh yeah, it has gotten to be a much bigger school. But I don't know what they're going to do here because you got St. John's and St. Thomas. That's like the biggest Minnesota college rivalry there is in football. That's right. And now if they're not, uh, St. Thomas is not going to be in the division. And St. John stays in the division; they won't play anymore. I, I just don't. Who decided understand to that. kick them out? I don't know. All the other athletic directors, I suppose. Candy asks, "Is it? You're, <laughs> sorry, you're, you're horrible at your job. Is that their fault?" Well, like I said, if you've got, you know, two hundred thousand students to choose from rather than twenty thousand students, it's going to be hard to compete against each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exactly. Oh my God. I just saw something, uh, an act of aggression. Uh, who put this? I don't want to make sure we, that I get it right. Who put this map out? Because it's it's pretty <laughs> pretty upfront. But in the, a new map of Africa that's been put out, right? Well, when I'm looking at the map of Africa, there's one thing that's missing, and that's the country of Somalia. It's not even on the list of, of countries on the map. Uh, Somalia is just not in there. That's weird. Uh, it's now part of Ethiopia. <laughs> That's rather aggressive, don't you think? What? Yeah, they just, instead of saying, you know, putting Somalia there, they just included it in, they're part of Ethiopia now on oh, this map. okay. Which I don't know how well that's going to sit with the Somalis, the Somalis, but uh, probably not well, I wouldn't think. No. Can you imagine that if we just put out a, the United States map and Wisconsin became part of Minnesota? <laughs> that would probably not go over We're too We're taking big. over the whole West Coast over here. Yeah. Oregon, Washington, all our. I could see that. Oh, that, oh yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask you about that too. Because there are some big reports on the national news now that um, white supremacy has, has really taken off in the Northwest, which surprises me because that's a pretty liberal area, isn't it? It is. In fact, uh, you know, a lot of people that leave Southern California find themselves up in the Pacific Northwest. Oftentimes that's where they relocate. So right. it is shocking to hear that those numbers are rising. I want, and I, why? Does anybody know? Is it? What does that even mean, though? Yeah, I mean, we're not true. we're not seeing a whole bunch of, you know, murders and lynchings going on. So, you know, 
We are seeing more rallies, though, I think, than we saw yeah, a decade yep. ago, don't you think? There are more rallies. There's no doubt about that. No question about that. Um, this is for everybody on the show as well and, and all the listeners. If you think you're having a bad day, at least you weren't uh, a passenger found dead on an airplane. <laughs> Did you hear about this guy? Oh, God. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, a guy, uh, apparently they, he died on the airplane, and uh, they're like, oh, uh, I wonder why he died. What's that all about? Uh, he died, and then, uh, well, here you go. A Japanese man returning to his homeland from Colombia died on the airplane. Uh, the flight made an emergency landing in Hermosillo, Sonora State, where uh, paramedics boarded the plane and declared the passenger dead. You know what killed him? Nope. They found mm-hmm. 200, 246 bags of cocaine inside him. Oh, yeah. oh. oh. 200, if two of them broke, because they're, they're, they're a gram a piece, I guess, <laughs> is what they're trying to say here. Oh. If two of them broke, you'd probably be dead. 46 of them broke. Oh, moron. Can you imagine? That was a pretty quick death, I would imagine. He didn't double bag. No, he didn't. See, he should have double, <laughs> should have double bag. Right. How do you get 246 bags of cocaine inside you? They sw- uh, I guess they swallow little balloons or something full of it. Yeah, they put them in condoms or something like yeah. that. Oh, my God. That's still a lot, though, even in a condom. <laughs> Even in a condom. Well, you know, it all depends on who condom it is, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, uh, 246 terrible. grams, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he uh, says here authorities in Mexico say the man identified as 42 year old Udo N began having a seizure after the Aeromexico flight from Bogota to Tokyo made a stopover in Mexico City. Uh, the flight made an emergency landing in Hermosillo, Sonora State, where paramedics boarded the plane, declared the passenger dead, the local coroner's office said in a tweet. So he was a drug mule. He yep. was a drug mule, that's Things exactly went right. bad. Authorities say the man died of a cerebral edema, swelling of the brain caused by a drug overdose. The bags of cocaine measured around one inch by .4 inches. So they were not small. I mean, they were about the size of a chiclet, right, or something like that. Yeah. You know, a little. Yeah, about that. I guess, or two chiclets, maybe. <laughs> uh, were found in his stomach and intestines during the uh, autopsy. Authorities say the flight with the remaining 198 passengers departed after body was removed. Hey, listen, I gotta get home. Oh my god. Yeah. Isn't that just amazing? I'm surprised it doesn't happen more. Mm, uh, yeah, I'm well, sure it does. It, it probably does happen more. You just don't hear about it. All right, Kristen, a hell of a job. That's all I have what to say What a story to, to end on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and on that note. Well, I try to make all my coworkers note. comfortable. When, like when they leave the show, I, I like to bring up something that they're going to do later in the day. <laughs> like oh I know Chris, Chris, Kristen's going to swallow 246 bags of cocaine. <laughs> Are you wishing me to die today? No, no, I am not. You're far too dear to the family. That's all I have to say. Well, I will. <laughs> I will talk to you all next week. All right. Thank you, dear. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye, guys. We'll be back with the family.